Hi, I'm Lanise Brothers, a registered nutritionist, women's health, hormone, and menstrual cycle coach, and the founder of Eat Love Move, a nutrition and well-being practice. This is the Period Story Podcast, where in each episode, I sit down with a guest to talk about their period story. We get behind some of the myths and misconceptions about periods and so much more. Now, on to today's guest. On today's episode, we have Molly Fenton. After coming across the work of Amika George campaigning for free periods in England, Molly started talking to people around her about period poverty and stigma, something she'd never thought about before. People called the topics inappropriate and disgusting, and she felt that she couldn't sit back and let this happen. At just 17 years old, Molly started a social media movement to aid everyone to help love periods called the Love Your Period campaign. Today, the campaign has over 5,000 followers across social media pages and is nationally recognized. Welcome to the show. Thank you very much. So let's start off with a question that I ask all of my guests. Tell me the story of your first period. So I was eight years old when I had my first period. So I was in year four when I was in primary school and it was my break time. So I was out in the playground and something didn't feel right. I thought I'd wet myself, which, you know, that's not cool when you're eight, you pass that. So I went to the bathroom and I had, when I wiped, I had blood and I didn't quite understand. It was quite scary, but I wasn't going to tell anyone about it because I had no clue what it was. And I was scared they were either going to send me home or to the hospital. So I had to go about the rest of the day with this uncomfortable feeling. And I was very lucky because when I got home, my um, my mum was brilliant and I was able to show her and she explained to me what it was and that it was a period and showed me how to use a sanitary towel and I could get on with my day like that. So it didn't start great, but I was lucky that my mum was really good with me afterwards. You were eight years old. Wow. So that's <laughs> very young. I think that's the youngest that uh, any of my guests has started their period. We had someone who started at nine in the last season. That's very young. How how do you think that, you know, you're 17 now, What knowing what you know now, do you think you were ready? Was it overwhelming? You said you were scared and uncomfortable. Do you just talk me through like what was going through your mind when you ha- when you first discovered you had it. Well, ultimately, I didn't have a clue what it was. I haven't actually come across periods before because it's not something that's ever brought up in school until briefly until you're um, the last year of primary school. So that's 11, 12 years old. And it hadn't been touched upon. My mum hadn't spoken to me about it because I was still at quite a young age for it to come about really and you know all I had was this association of blood and death really or blood and something very very wrong something isn't right with my body so it was really scary and so I definitely wasn't ready and I wasn't prepared whatsoever and that's I think that's why I like to do what I do because I don't want anyone to be in that position because it wasn't nice it was scary and I could have definitely been a lot more prepared for my first period and I wish I was. When you had it did you eventually start talking to your friends about what was going on with you? Not at all. (laughs) (laughs) I did not speak about it whatsoever. I've never spoken to my periods about my friends until I started this campaign at all. 
it wasn't it's never been a topic of conversation in my friendship group even as they started getting their periods yes which is surprising and now I look back on it and now we speak about it and I think why didn't we but I guess that's how the stigma must have affected us all none of us thought that we should no matter how close we all were it was one thing that we just never spoke about so getting it at eight and then not really getting any education at school until you were about 11 12 years old you said your mum was really supportive and she helped you you get menstrual towels and all of that how else did you start to try to educate you um so I kind of let my mum do tell me what to do I could have come across this a bit better I know my mum bought a book one of those your body is changing books (laughs) so I spent um a lot of time reading through that with my mum but it did I remember the book very well and it didn't make a lot of sense to me you know there were all these diagrams and pictures and all sorts but it really it didn't come across to me the way that it would have now so I didn't think it was really until I got to high school maybe till I was about 12 13 that I really started trying to look into it so of course you start learning about it a little bit more in science lessons and But I'd say my education properly really didn't start until I had to, which is when I started this campaign. Because people people have to trust me and they have to know they can trust me. I feel like I took a degree in menstrual health before I started this campaign. I learned so much that I didn't know that I should have known, considering I've had periods for almost 10 years. And I've surprised myself with learning what's normal, what isn't, what I should be concerned about and what I shouldn't. And all these different things that really everyone should know but we don't ever get taught what was surprising to you um really that we don't actually lose that much blood (laughs) considering (laughs) it looks like an awful lot and that um your cycle doesn't it doesn't always have to be every month if it comes a little bit earlier a little bit late it doesn't mean something is drastically wrong and um, I learned also as well, which really did help me, that um, stomach cramps being a little bit more than just discomfort isn't right. So I went to my doctor um, because my cramps were keeping me off school and I thought this was normal. I couldn't get out of bed. They were making me throw up. Um, and now I've got the right medication. I'm able to do my exams and things normally, whereas before I know so many of my GCSE exams were affected by my period because I thought it was normal. And that every single person in the hall around me that was on their period had to deal with the same thing. And then I learned through my research that really I shouldn't be experiencing the pain that I was. So that was the biggest shock that I had. But I'm glad I had it because I was able to get it under control and get the help that I needed with it. Why did you think the cramps were normal? I don't know. I'm guessing because... I was still functioning and I'd had a period every month for so many years that I thought this is the way that my body works. And because I knew everyone's period was unique, then that's this is just how my body does it. And I assumed that it was the right way because I was still alive and still going, despite, you know, now I look back and I see that that totally wasn't normal and I shouldn't have left it like that. But it was something that myself and my sister and my mum, we just thought was was part of it for me. So your sister and your mum also have uh, period pain, period cramps? My mum used to, yeah, really badly. Um, so she 
put it down oh yeah that's, that's something I had and um, my sister does suffer really badly as well she's younger than me um but we've managed to find ways around hers now um natural ways that make that relieve them for her but she has has exactly the same symptoms as I had so she can't get out of bed makes us physically sick sometimes it's something that's been in the family unfortunately that's really interesting that you all three of you thought that it was normal and that you know you just accepted that 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 was your normal uh, I hear this a lot I hear oh period pain is normal just part of having a period and I really love the fact that you've educated yourself and learned that it isn't normal so what were the th- what were the things, areas that you, um, tools that you use to educate yourself about your about your period and about menstrual health? So I first started with my biology teacher. <laughs> I, approached my, <laughs> I approached my teacher in school who um, is good friends with my mum. So I felt fine speaking to her. And I said, look, I've learned all about um, period poverty, looking at this online I cannot sit still about it anymore. What can you tell me about it? Um, so she basically taught me about periods, which was, I felt like it was exactly what I needed to know when I was 11 years old, well, younger for me, but when I was in year six and we were having that education as a class, that 15 minute whistle stop tour, it would have been really useful to have that lesson. Um, I then took that on in a debating competition uh, to speak about period poverty and through education in my research for that, I um, spoke to um, different organic pad companies. So Hey Girls, Lux Store Organic and TOTM Time of the Month about um, how products affect periods as well. So that way I was able to learn about the obvious things. Like I didn't think what we use, like the products we use are absorbed into our bodies. And I didn't think that before but now it's such an obvious thing to think about and um more books (laughs) I've got Natalie Byrne's period book which was possibly one of the best books I ever got she gave it to me herself when I met her which was really kind of her and after reading it I kind of it just simplified everything and it's really it's friendly for everyone so anyone that needs to learn about periods it's definitely the book to read so I kind of just accumulated accumulated knowledge from every corner that I could and even today I'm still learning things as every day I'll get asked a, ask a question that I won't know the answer to so I'll have to pass them on to someone but as I'm passing them on I'll be there going oh can you tell me the answer too please so that next time I'm able to help that person because there are so many things we don't know and I feel like we all have to learn together. We all have to educate ourselves but work as a team to do that and I think that's the way to start this education off properly. Do you say you get asked a lot of questions? Is it typically from other other girls or is, do boys ask you questions as well? We've got boys, girls, mothers, um lots of people from the lgbtq plus community who feel they can't ask questions to anyone else and want an anonymous space we really have a broad range of people that message us on instagram mainly daily asking questions which is lovely to see and can you share the types of questions that you get asked sometimes it's um little things that i laugh at and i think i actually feel really sorry because 
I would have asked that same question. So I remember I've had some like, um, why is my period clear? Like that's not a period, that's discharge. And it's something yeah. like, no. And or um, my period's been going on for two months and it's clear. And they've thought it's their period. Um, and of course, haven't made that, haven't seen that that's what it is. But that's completely understandable because I didn't have a clue what discharge was until I didn't know the name up until about six months ago, if I'm perfectly honest with you. And um, so we have a lot of things like that from younger people. And um, we have a lot, unfortunately, of people going, I've been following your page for a while and I think I've just started my first period, but I can't tell my mum or my mum's not around and I live with my dad and my brothers. I can't tell them Um or people at break time and lunchtime in school who even go to my school and they message me or go through love your period and say, can you come to the toilets with products, please? I started my period. Can you come help me? I don't know what to do. So sometimes it's really upsetting to see the questions or the things that people ask me to do. But unfortunately, the taboo around menstruation has kind of been implanted in everyone's brains so some of us have really got to go over the top to try and remove it but you know sometimes we have some great questions that make me think like I said I've got to pass people on and they're like right so if my my period blood is this color what does this mean um and I'm like oh brilliant I don't know so I'll like start a group with someone else that I know so it's the three of us and I'll ask the question and I've been educated as well as the person that's asked the question so we have once again a really broad range of different scenarios to deal with every day. So based on the questions that you get you're getting asked and the experiences that you've been having with friends and people in school messaging you and asking you to come to the loo what do you think needs to change about menstrual health education? In Firstly we need to have it properly. Menstrual health education cannot be defined as five minutes um, with a random teacher that was unlucky and drew, drew the short straw. It cannot work that way. We need proper menstrual education, whether that be through PSHE lessons, whether that be um, through talks, almost like assemblies, um, which I'll be doing in my school now. I'm going to be doing groups with all the um, year groups with um, packs of what periods are. And we've got leaflets explaining what discharge is, what a period is, the different uh, changes, how to check their boobs, different things that they need to know. Um, it really needs to be implemented into the curriculum because it's not properly and it's something I keep pushing with the Welsh Government and so many people are and I think they're coming around to listening, they definitely are. We've just got to keep pushing them because until it's actually stuck in the curriculum, there's not a lot we can do about it and when it is, when it's got its place, then we can build on it and say, right, these are the points we need to cover. And it's really important that we do. So tell me more about your campaigning with the Welsh government. So you're based in Wales. And for people who are our listeners who aren't in the UK, different countries in the UK um, have different education um, systems. So there's England, Scotland, Wales, and Northern Ireland. So tell me about what you're doing, what you're doing in terms of campaigning with the Welsh government or to the Welsh government. In terms of education or in yeah. general. So with education, um, I, I work, I've seen a lot of the ministers with the Welsh government 
um, since I've started the campaign and local MPs and assembly members and things like that um, about various different things. But every time I'm there, I kind of bring in the comment, oh, well, you know, we need, we need to bring in the education about this. I've come along across a, a group and I know they've got a petition. I think it's on change.org. I can't remember the name exactly, who um, are trying to get it into the curriculum. And I know there was talk saying, right, by 2022, menstruation education is going to be a thing. I love that, menstruation education. It's brilliant, brilliant words. Um, so it's really, I'm going to, I'm still trying to work out with my team whether we can start a full-blown petitioning campaign on the side with it because I think it needs to be done what I'm doing at the moment is I'm in the um, experimenting stage by doing it myself in my own school like I said so we've been sent by always these packs um, and they're they're be like a girl packs and they've got pads and tampons inside and then like I said they've got the leaflets with all the information you possibly need to know so we're going to do these assemblies and I'm going to hand out this education because I've done that in primary schools across, across Cardiff and we're going to see how that goes and if it goes well I'm going to take the evidence I'm going to say right this is how it worked this is the feedback I've had these are my suggestions to say well I've basically done half the work for you now I need you to implement it so at the moment I'm doing more of the practical side because of course there are a lot of petitions there are a lot of campaigners so I'm trying to go a different way about it to try and prove the point that it is needed and get the feedback um, of girls aged 11 to 18 saying that yes I think this needs to be implemented in within education and I need to be taught about this so yeah, definitely at the practical stage at the moment and then hoping to really take it back to the Welsh Government again then and present them with my findings. So you're doing that and you also have your other campaign, which is about um, removing plastic from men's products. So you're very busy and you go to school. You're 17, you go to, are you doing your A-levels? Yes, I am. Yeah, so... Tell me how you st- want, you started looking into the plastic and menstrual products. So tell me about that campaign. Um, so when I was having my bad period cramps, um, before I went to the doctors, because of course, if you book an appointment, it takes about six weeks until you can get one. So during that time, I was trying to actively research myself what the issue could be. So I... Um, spoke to lots of different people and I went back to people that I'd spoken to before and had a great phone call with the founder of Luxstore Organic, a um, organic cotton sanctuary product company based in London, a husband and wife. They're really lovely. And they spoke to me and said, right, so what products do you use? And I was like, oh, well, you know, the cheapest ones I can find in the shop. So I got them out and she said, well, do they have ingredients on? I said, no. And she went, so how do you know what's in them? I said, I don't know. Um, so she spoke to me and said, well, you know, try and look into what's in them maybe um, because that's causing, because I was always having allergic reactions to products as well. Um, and they were really bad and they were making me really uncomfortable and sore. And it was, it was just a really uncomfortable time, possibly one of the worst places you could have an allergic reaction to something. And I 
So I was looking into this research and found that I couldn't find these ingredients anywhere, no matter how deeply I looked. All I found was that it may contain rayon and that was it. Couldn't find anything else. So I went back to the woman and then spoke to Hey Girls UK as well and back to time of the month and then approached lots of different organic cotton companies. Globally, I even spoke to one from Australia and said, um, so what is it about this organic cotton that makes it different? Um, and everyone was explaining, right, so we don't have plastic in our products. And I was like, well, what do you mean plastic? And they said, well, your pad is 90% plastic. And that was something I was completely shocked. I didn't know. So um, one of the companies, Lex, said, right, we'll send you two of our boxes. Try them out. Tell us what you think. So they sent them to me and I tried them. My rash completely cleared up. My stomach cramps, they weren't gone, but they were very slightly better. Um, and... Then, of course, looking into these products, I saw they had ingredients on the back. There weren't all this plastic in. It, it There wasn't all this plastic in. You could, they clearly saw what I was using and what was being absorbed into my body. So then I, um, as I used these products more and more, my allergic reaction completely cleared up and now I don't have one at all. And um, alongside the medication that I was on, I've been able to almost completely eradicate my period pain. So I used the same with my sister who was also having allergic reactions and her rash was completely cleared up as well. Um, so then, of course, I recommended to other people and 100% I've had the same feedback from them. Of course, it won't be the same for everyone, but from the people that I've recommended it to and have tried it or reusable period pads and pants or menstrual cups have all said, I'm... I'm not having the allergic reaction I've had before. So I was thinking, why aren't these companies telling us that they're full of these chemicals or plastics if they are potentially harmful and clearly harmful to our body? So I was, I was aiming towards the, you need to tell us the ingredients so we can make an informed decision because there are lots of campaigners. One amazing one in Cardiff is Ella and she does the end period plastic campaign, which is huge now. Um, and she's really fighting for that. And she meets with the companies themselves, you know, properly campaigning. And she's an inspiration in this campaign, definitely, in all the work that I do. So we're looking at the, we want you to tell us the ingredients. And we want it to be a legal requirement that these ingredients are on the packaging. Because we have every right to know what is in these products. So we can make our own informed decisions about what we are using and work out what's possibly making such an issue for our bodies. Because, you know, we use shampoo and conditioner and everything. They've all got the ingredients on. And sometimes if we're looking for ingredients that we don't want to use for our bodies or for our scalp, we don't use them. So why should it be the same for such an intimate area of our body? Amazing. What you're doing is so amazing. And, you know, certainly I see in my practice where, as soon as the women that I work with, they change the menstrual products that they're using, whether they, they switch to organic tampons or they make a switch to a different type of menstrual um, pad, they see a change in their period, generally their period pain, and they see other benefits. Um, so the campaign is primarily about that menstrual product manufacturers need to show the ingredients in their product so transparency and which is super super important and so when you've spoken have you spoken to any of these kind of 
big menstrual product manufacturers. At the moment, I'm aiming to get 10,000 signatures on my petition. Unfortunately, I became ill um, just before, no, just after the summer holidays. So I had to kind of put it on pause. But now I've picked it back up again as I've finally gotten everything back on track with the campaign. And um, I'm really pushing now. On paper and online, we've got over 2,000. And we got that really quickly in like a month. So I'm going to push for that again and get even more, which I know we will. Um, and I've uh, emailed and you know, the best way to get through to these people sometimes is messaging them on social media because they reply easier. So I've spoken to Lilettes and always, and I've said, um, why aren't these ingredients on your packaging? And the most interesting response I had was that of Bodyform UK, who came back and said, hi, Molly. And I did it off my personal account so they wouldn't make an association with lovely periods and said, um, unfortunately, we do not have enough room on our product packaging to be able to um, list the ingredients. And I was thinking, how many ingredients do you have to not be able to fit them on that packaging? So it was, it was crazy. So I've done that much. And then when I've got the petition, I will be booking in meetings and all sorts. I'll be going all the way. I'm not going to be dropping this one until it's properly set in place. What's really interesting is that you, th- you think that they would have started to respond to this because there are so many new um, new companies coming up in this kind of menstrual health femtech space. So you've got, you know, the brands that you've mentioned, you've got the likes of like Ona, Dame, Day, who are all really proudly talking about no plastic, organic cotton. You've got all the different menstrual cup companies, um, period, underwear. So you think that, you know, these companies would respond because they're respond because they're losing sales from people switching from, you know, always using Tampax or always or um, body for to these other products. Um, so I think the work that you're doing is absolutely amazing. So what, how has all the campaigning that you've done um, and all the educating that you've done changed your relationship with your period? So I found that I've learned an awful lot about my period my whole body through the work that I've done, whether it be learning about periods themselves in the first place, learning about other people's periods, finding about other people's experiences. I've, um, I feel also as well, the thing that's really made a difference in my life is I've learned the proper ways to cope and manage with my periods. So yes, I did have to have intervention when it came to the pain I was having because I, I couldn't function normally with it. However, I was able to find ways that I've almost been able to work with my period instead of against it, which is something I would have laughed at about a year ago. And I remember seeing this sometimes and it makes me laugh. And I think, how does that work? I don't understand. But now I kind of, I do understand. I've learned the right ways. So like um, I increased my um my the right food so I make sure I'd like stick spinach in every meal when I'm on my period and I have to um, like sit in dark chocolate in the evening and I find that really actually helps my energy levels and changing my um products using um different like oils and things and essential oils in order to keep me calm and mood swings and also um with any discomfort I do get 
I found that I've managed to finally find a way that works for me after so long of trying to find something that helps through recommending and hearing so many different suggestions of how people cope with theirs I've finally found my personalized way to work with my period and now whereas before it was a burden I really couldn't have hated it more I've now managed to love it hence the campaign because now that I found the right way to work with it 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 works and it makes sense because it's your body it's part of you you need to work with your body so it makes sense that by working with it things will become a lot easier so I think I have the campaign um definitely to thank for that I've finally found a way to live life normally and be thankful for my period and realize that it's a gift so having said all of that you know working with your period seeing it as a gift seeing loving your period now what would you say to a girl who um so someone similar to you who got her period or um and knowing what you know now what would you say to her about her period keep going with it of course you have to just keep trying all the different alternatives you can don't give up on it don't let your period take a week of your life away from you so many of us for so long go oh that's it i've started this week i don't care i'm going to be self destructive i'm going to eat everything i want i'm not going to do any work i did that so long my excuse for not studying was i'm on my period this week i kid you not I did not study for a week and that was my excuse because I just didn't the discomfort of sitting there for so long and you felt like you could feel you're on your period and I just let the mood swings without doing anything of them really control my life almost so really you've just got to try and find the best way that you can to continue your life the best way that you can into the best quality that you can whilst you're on your period and realize that your body doesn't hate you. It's not doing this because it's trying to punish you. It's doing this because it's giving you a gift. You know, isn't it amazing that we have these periods and what they're able to do? Like we're able to bring life into this world. How incredible is that? It's how that I took A-level biology and I, I'm, it's my favorite. I'm a real science girl. Um, and the fact that the human body can do something like that just it completely fascinates me so really do see it as a gift do see it as something that you should be really lucky to have and stick with it because it will get easier definitely so what's next for you so you're in the middle of your a levels do you have you thought about what what's next with the campaign and for you personally so for me i've got um so i'm hoping to get my a levels and then i want to go off to university Um I think I want to do nursing which look at periods related um <laughs> for the campaign um I'm definitely going to look into this education now as I'm starting the practical stages with the Welsh government um fight more with the ingredients petition and really just building up on this um stigma as well so on the um social media pages we have a Twitter Facebook and Instagram and um you know we're starting a tiktok account just because it's so many people use that and you know it would if it's going to help people then i've got some girls um in my team who want to start that we're going to be starting a snapchat account as well we're really trying to go through ways that 
people see as normal everyday life in order to talk about periods, if that makes sense. So we're trying to incorporate it into aspects of everyone's lives. So social media at the moment is the way that we're going. I'm leaving that to the rest of the team because I, I can work Instagram, but that's about it. <laughs> I'm not very good at anything else, uh, which is quite funny considering I'm a teenager. But um, yeah, so they're doing all that. So really, it's just our main focus will always be spreading the word and just getting as many people as possible to even if it's not love their periods just accept their periods brilliant i think i think what you're do you are amazing and what you're doing is amazing so where can people find out more about the campaign and where can they sign the so our instagram page is at love your periods the both petitions are in the link in the bio for that um, and they can be signed from anyone all over the world. Um, we have a Twitter page. We've got at Love Your Period One, and then our Facebook page is the Love Your Period campaign. But whichever one you go on to, you'll be able to branch out to any of the other pages from there. Brilliant. So, if listeners take one thing away from everything you've said, what would you want that to be? Periods are 100% normal and no matter how much we try to ignore them, they are always going to be there. So the best thing that we can do is accept them and learn to love them. Brilliant. Wise words from a very wise lady. Thank you so much for coming on to the show, Molly. Um, All of the details about the campaign will be in the show notes, including a link to the petition. I really encourage you to sign what Molly's doing and what her team are doing is so, so important. For more inspiring conversations, head over to periodstorypod.com where we have so many more for you to peruse. If you want help with your menstrual or hormone health, email me on hello at eatlovemove.com to set up a free 30-minute hormone health review. If you like today's show, please don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review wherever you get your podcasts. Tag us, come say hi, and send in your requests for who you'd like to see on the show on Instagram and Twitter on at periodstorypod or email us at hello at periodstorypod.com. I'm Lenise Brothers, and you've been listening to Period Story. Thank you so much for listening.